0: Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll talk some Braves baseball with my friend Grant McCulley. You know, it is hot stove season. It's division or bust for the Atlanta Falcons. And any concerns about the Hawks in this three game losing streak? All next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta.
1: This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: Hitting hard is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Landing into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. We are now over 5,000 subscribers. We appreciate everybody being a part of our community. Download us for free on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. Roku and Amazon Fire, you can check us out there as well. And of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at. JMCH316. We bring into the program, my friend, you can check him out on the postcast for Locked on Braves. Grant McCulley is joining us. Give him a follow on his personal Twitter page at Grant McCulley. And Grant, let's start with this. I think folks kind of half read what Terry McGurk and Greg Maffey had said, because they saw the, well, we're a top 10 payroll, and we expect to be top five. And they assume it's this year and we're going to sign Judge and Otani and everybody and we're going to jack it all up. But they said over the next few years. Now, my question to you is how much of that is just the natural attrition of contracts? Because, you know, look, Ronnie's not a million dollar player anymore. You know, he's a 15 million, 20 million dollar player. Right. So how much of that is just the natural attrition of signing your guys that the payroll goes up versus, We're going to go out and go get a whole bunch of guys
1: to add to this team. Well, I I think there's some important things to kind of really look at when you get inside those comments. Number one, if you're a Braves fan, you should be encouraged because as we know, not too long ago, the Braves were nowhere close to a top 10 payroll in Major League Baseball. they were kind of a middle of the pack. You felt like there was room for them to spend more, but it just didn't seem to happen. Since moving into the new ballpark, winning five straight National League East titles, going to the World Series, going to the NLCS twice, oh, by the way, winning the World Series, that's a pretty big deal. We've seen what this has turned the battery and the entire area around uh, Truist Park into, and that is a money-making machine for the Atlanta Braves, which, of course, is is the design. And if you have that and you've got a winning ball club, then why not keep that thing going and keep printing that money? So you knew that they were going to make their way up, and they did get inside the top 10 this past year. But as you look at what it means to be a top-five payroll, that means that you're going to be, maybe not annually every single season, but more times than not, finding yourself bumping up against or going above the luxury tax threshold, which is something that is uh, one of the big factors for being a big spending team in all of baseball. But I would look at it this way. It may not all happen this year, but I feel like it is a signal that the Braves are gonna continue to add, continue to build, and they've already, as, as we've seen, uh, really locked in a lot of their core to build the foundation for what should be a club that's good for a long time to come. It won't happen overnight, I've said that, but I had conversations all the way back into the summer before all of these other interviews and before the recent Liberty Media stockholder call that indicated, hey, that top five thing, that's a real goal for us, and that's something that we're shooting for, and seeing as they were, I believe, eighth in all of baseball uh, this past year, I would say that they're moving in that direction, but again, it took a little while to get here, even in the new ballpark.
0: So let's put on your stock trader visor and bifocals for a second
1: to talk about the business
0: end of this. We saw that obviously they are going to put the Braves up as publicly traded, incorporate the battery and everything with it. Is this sort of the first baby steps toward selling off the franchise eventually? I mean, is this the easiest path to get to? If we want to split everything off from Liberty Media, this is the because the the whole deal to start with was a stock trade. That's the whole AOL Time Warner, you know, all that was a stock trade. Is this kind of that first step to that next process of eventually selling?
1: I don't know. It may be too early to say that right now, but could it be? I I guess so. I mean, and I'll preface all of this by saying I am not a financial analyst for the ball club. I like to analyze what's going on on the field with the roster and all of those things. But it is a fascinating move, most certainly, and something that has gotten people's attention, because why wouldn't it? And with the trajectory of this club, again, to use that word and the payroll that has continued to rise, I mean, they're making this a very attractive club. And we've already seen, you know, this list come out, I believe, annually in Forbes, that the value of the Braves has just continued to rise at the time that Liberty Media has owned it. And that's without even one of these great TV deals that some of these other clubs have. But could it be an indicator that at some point they could be looking to do that? Yes. But as long as it's a financially viable operation the way that it is right now, there's a lot of excitement around it. I don't know that they're necessarily motivated to move the team right now, but Again, if you're a Braves fan, looking at what they're doing with the club, I don't know that you're too necessarily worried about who owns the club at this moment because the club's doing an awful lot of good things and they are spending money.
0: All right, let's uh, talk about the number one question on the field. I think we both think that the Braves will bring Dansby Swanson back, or at least I think that's your perception. I know it's mine. Let's talk about plan B, though. Is plan B, do you think, saw the comments, Ron Washington is working with Vaughn Grissom to try to make him an everyday Shortstop, he believes that he can do that. I know Alex Anthopoulos has talked about the same thing. If if for whatever reason, Dansby is not here, you think it's more likely that Grissom gets his shot to start every day or they go out on the market and find themselves, again, not Trey Turner or probably even Correa, but they go out and find themselves a
1: free agent that they think is an everyday guy. There are just not a lot of good options outside of the top tier shortstops that we've talked about with Dansby Swanson, that of course is Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, and Xander Bogaerts. And I, I know that you look at those top four guys; they're very different players. A couple of them, I think, in Correa and Turner's case, are very likely to get 200 plus million dollars, maybe even pushing the 300 million dollar threshold. If Scott Boris is able to really drum up that market for Correa this time around, Xander Bogarts, though is also going to be a 25 to 30 million dollar a year player, and that's I think the expectation that. Dansby's camp is looking at is that, you know, we're going to figure out how to get the best deal that we can for the most years that we can. But I know that Dansby has said, and I've heard him talk about it, you know, this is where he wants to be. And he is the one that's going to steer the ship for his negotiations. So at the very least, I don't think we're going to be sitting back trying to unpack all of the baggage that went with Freddie Freeman's departure from the Braves and everything that, uh, you know, we might still be talking about for years and years to come, depending on how it plays out. But there are not a lot of good free agent shortstops out there. And I just look at Von Grissom as a guy that I feel like he came up, gave the Braves that nice jolt for about three weeks. But if you get inside his StatCast info and look at the fact that he had a very low hard hit contact rate and yeah. some of those things just lead me to believe maybe as one of the youngest players in all of baseball, he gave the Braves a little bit this year to let you know that he is a player in the future. But I don't know that I'm ready to hand the keys over to Vaughn Grissom and let Dansby Swanson walk if I'm the Atlanta Braves. So I'll go all the way back to. How you started it out i still feel like a reunion with dansby swanson and the braves or a continuation of this relationship is the thing that makes the most sense for both sides
0: yeah i agree it, it would be hard i think look i love von grissom it would be hard to just turn over the most important position on my diamond right over to him and say go get it kid go 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 learn the position and be that guy let me ask you um your thoughts about kenley jansen about the idea of bringing him back is it too easy to just say Iglesias will be the closer next year? We're not even thinking about Jansen. Or would you be open to bringing Kenley Jansen back for another year and see what he's got and and kind of roll with, you know, how they did it with him and Iglesias, you know, this past season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd be open to it, certainly. I don't know how the Braves are going to look at, you know, and we talked about the payroll a little bit earlier. I mean, there's going to be, not finite amount of funds, but we've seen that they spend a certain amount over the offseason. Then they look at what can we do in season to supplement this club. So Alex Anthopoulos is not going to go empty out the entire bank account to try to get off season help. So if you've got somebody like Iglesias, it pretty much takes away the impetus to feel like oh, we've got to go get a proven closer. Like you've got a guy who's a proven closer. You've also got a pretty strong bullpen built around him. Now would Jansen make that mix better? I think that he would. I know that some people look at the couple of bad weeks that he had and and some of the blown saves and think oh well he didn't really offer a whole lot but by the time he got down the stretch the braves bullpen really found its stride and unfortunately they just didn't get a long postseason run to do what they did last year and and and, you know have that kind of night shift version two going on in the postseason but I think Jansen would make the club a little bit better but I also feel like if you go out and supplement with some other you know good leverage arms that could help you out in that sixth seventh inning maybe see what Kirby Yates is able to do in year two they did sign Nick Anderson already from formerly of the Tampa Bay Rays as well. That could be a move that could be kind of an under the radar one, where you don't have to go out and spend 10, 12, 15 million dollars on a ninth inning arm when you're already spending 16 million dollars on Rysel Iglesias. Which I know the closers are kind of a little bit different these days, and your leverage arms they get in games at all kinds of different times. It's one of the reasons the Braves won the World Series. But 16 million dollars is a lot to spend on one particular reliever. So you better have a pretty good job for him. And I'm sure that the Braves have something pretty good in mind for El Iglesias. So one of the good problems that the Braves have too is at the catcher
0: position. I, I'm curious your thoughts, because I've talked about this on the podcast about, as you're moving into a final year, Darno, how much do you think that, I guess, let me ask it like this. Do the Braves, number one, feel like Contreras can be an everyday catcher for them? And two is, do we start to see a little bit of that twist and turn toward a little bit more Contreras and, and you know, n- not that they're not going to play Darno, but just you start to see that transition this year from Darno to Contreras? Because I've said before, I'd like to see the Braves sign Darno if he's not a starter. Keep him around the ball club, man. I'd, I'd love to have Travis Darno around my ball club. So mm-hmm. how much does that sort of transition this year? How confident are they about Contreras as a catcher?
1: Well, number one, they are very confident about William Contreras and especially the strides that he made this year behind the plate. We all saw what he did offensively. Right. He knew that power was in there, but he took a big step forward in terms of plate discipline and adding into becoming just a more complete hitter than he was in 2021 when he kind of got thrown into the fire, so to speak, because the Braves went through half a dozen catchers with Travis Darno on the injured list. But I don't know that they're going to make the transition really in 2023. I feel like it'll look a lot like it did this year. But the one place that I would like to see William Contreras, if he's not behind the plate, might be DHing. you know, two-thirds of the time. If you're not going to go out and get somebody else to put in that spot and we can leave the Marcelo Zuna discussion for another time, I'd like to see William Contreras in the lineup as much as possible because I do think he makes that kind of an offensive impact. And maybe that's the way that you get him some more bets and then figure out as you go forward what that transition could look like. But I think there's a lot of pros to having two catchers that you feel confident about and the ability to be able to split that playing time and not ask one of them to have to catch 135 or 140 games, which is an awful lot in that workload. And as we've seen, that plan can go sideways with one bad slide or tag or one injury that costs you a catcher for three months out of the season. So I think William Contreras has really shown himself behind the plate. I talked to Travis Darnell earlier in the year and he said this was you know, a, a really transformative year for William, yeah. particularly with how well he worked with that pitching staff. A lot of big compliments uh, for what he did this year, and then you throw in the All-Star appearance and all the stuff he did offensively. I think you should be pretty excited about William Contreras. He's a big piece of the future, I think, for this club.
0: All right, last question, Grant, because this is going to be, I-, I think, fascinating. Is what do you do with Marcelo Zuna? You know, we saw the Cubs are going to eat twenty-three million. He's got whatever it is, thirty-six or thirty-seven. If there's that one one million dollar buyout or whatever that uh, to get him to get him. Uh, what do you do? You, you can't play him, right? I mean, I, is that the is that the only thing that we feel confident in? Is that they're not going to play him, or is he going to get a shot? I I'm just fascinated what's going to happen with him.
1: I don't know if fascinating is the word because I feel like at this point it's starting to get just a a, a little bit of a, I don't know maybe uncomfortable might might be the the best way to put it because even if you put aside his substantial. Legal troubles and the things that went on around him. And you just put that out of the conversation and you look at what he's done on the field in 2021 and 2022. Outside of popping a few home runs, he's been one of the most or one of the least valuable players, everyday players in Major League Baseball yeah. since yeah. the start of 2021. So if you're just talking about numbers, and again, I understand all the other dynamics that go into it. And I understand that he's owed $37 million. He does not make your club better. In the big picture, and I think when you get to the granular level about what does this guy offer to the clubhouse, well, there's some obvious questions about how exactly you know he brings you know that aspect to the Atlanta Braves or what exactly he does for the Braves in that regard. So, I think it's at this point you you see what you can get for him, but if it comes down to eating the money and letting him go, I know that that's not how you necessarily want to get into the big payroll spending, but sometimes addition by subtraction is something that can really help a club out. And I would much rather see somebody with the kind of promise of of a William Contreras getting the valuable advance of DH. Eddie Rosario should be better than he was in 2022. It was kind of a lost year for him. I think he could bounce back and then maybe go out and get one of those patented Alex Anthopoulos one year deals with a slugger who could come in and help you from the right hand side. And, you know, just make your lineup a little bit better. And I think that those are kind of options you should look at. But all of that hinges on, will they make the decision to simply cut ties with Marcelo Zuna and move on? Are they going to bring this back in spring training and have it be kind of a rain cloud that floats over and it stays the way it's been the last couple of years? I just don't see too many pros to go in that route again. I just feel like this is kind of played out and uh, run its course and it's kind of time to find a conclusion to this tale. Yeah, I don't see how a GM would, would not make the Braves eat
0: most of that money. If I'm making a trade with with Marcelo Zuna, I know they don't want him. I'm making them eat a whole bunch of my I mean again if 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 a GM takes on that contract, then that GM should be fired today. But we can have that discussion another day, another time. We'll make you my stockbroker at some point, Grant. So yeah, you, you can check him out on all of our postcasts for locked on braves. Follow him at Grant McCulley. Grant is always buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes today.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, BetOnline.net is your number one source. For all of your sports wagering information. So listen, it's really simple, right? We got college football still, championship weekend, NFL games are getting cranked up. We're coming down the home stretch. NBA is full bore right now. College basketball in the middle of it, NHL season going on. You have all of these things that are available to you. So here's what you do: you head to BetOnline.net. Take that mobile device, right? You carry that thing everywhere, right? It doesn't go, it doesn't go anywhere if you're not around, right? So carry your mobile device. Head to betonline.net, check out all of the news and information, scores, e-betting, stats, podcast news, whatever you need. It's all at betonline.net. Then when you get all of it figured out, right, you got all your information, now get in on the action. You want to jump in on college football weekend? Do it. You want to jump in? You think the Falcons are a good place? Do it. You you think that, you know, whatever, Kansas is the play in in college, do it. It's all available at betonline.net. So take the mobile device, head to betonline.net, check out all the information they have, get in on the action, betonline.net is where the action starts. Also want to remind you too, that besides making Locked On Sports Atlanta your first listen every day, make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen, biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Odyssey, Spotify, and check out their YouTube page as well. All right. It has now become division or bust for the Atlanta Falcons, okay? It's cute to talk about playoff standings. And look, the Falcons right now sit ninth in the playoff standings. They have Seattle, Washington ahead of them in the other two spots, right? That's the two teams directly ahead of them before you get into the Giants and then you start to get in the Cowboys. So you have a whole bunch of And, and really, when you look at, look at the NFC East, Philly, Dallas, New York, and Washington right now are all playoff teams. Now, the good news is the Falcons do have the tiebreaker over Seattle. But again, they don't have as good a record as Seattle. Look, here's the problem when you get into the last handful of weeks of the year. And we start talking. Because look, the division is without question in play. Is the wild card spot in play? Yes, because the Falcons have five wins. Three of the teams ahead of them have six, seven, and seven wins, right? There's only one game difference between, you know, uh, one or two games difference between some of these teams that are ahead of them. But realistically, when when you talk about, this is what it gets into, jumping over teams, right? You have to, you don't control your own destiny. You have to win, they have to lose, right? I mean, that's where it starts to get into trickiness about how do I get up, Okay. Well, I need that. Well, the problem is, too, is that you got a whole bunch of teams in the same division that are going to kind of play one another. Look, the division is definitely online. Let's look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what they have left. Okay. So they've got the Saints coming up on Monday night. All right. That's at home. Can they win that game? Absolutely. Are they just bad enough, the Buccaneers, that is pronounced, pal, just bad enough to lose a game like that? Sure. They can hell they just lost to the browns why why could they not lose to the new orleans saints but then it's san Francisco. you're going They go to san francisco so you're headed out west late in the year going to play in san francisco then it's back home with cincinnati they're looking to be a playoff team at arizona again going out west home with carolina and on january 1st new year's day and then of course you know here in atlanta against the falcons so while that's not murderers row of a schedule or anything like that, it certainly is there given the way the Buccaneers have played, there are certainly plenty of landmines, right? There are certainly plenty of trip up moments. Look, I know they went on the road and played Cleveland, but they lost to the Browns. That's a team that we beat. Can, can and that's the thing. The, the wild card is they still have that dude at quarterback, right? I don't care what Brady's numbers have been. I don't care how many divorces he's going through. I don't care how many other owners' weddings he's showing up at. I don't care how much he doesn't like his former head coach. I don't care. Here's what I do know. The dude is still the seven-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback. And, And it's dangerous when you get into betting against guys like that. That's the danger, right? Can the Falcons win this division? Yes. But at this point, it is division or bust. And what that means for the Falcons, okay, realistically for the Falcons, you have to beat New Orleans. You have to beat the Buccaneers. So you have to win both of your divisional games that you have left because we're we're done with Carolina, obviously. And you're probably going to have to – I'm not going to say you're going to have to run out on the, on the table, right, in the final five games that they have. And don't forget – The Falcons have a bye week, so they get through the Steelers game. They got a bye week. So only five games left for the Falcons. You're probably talking about 4-1 and with beating the Saints and Buccaneers, right? So you're talking about the five games left. Steelers, Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Buccaneers, okay? Do I think the Falcons are going up to Baltimore and winning? No. But certainly, they should beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. I don't care if the Steelers won last night. They're not a very good football team. Can certainly go down and beat New Orleans. You have to win that game. The Ravens, I'm going to chalk up as probably a loss. Home with with Arizona, you win that game, and then home with Tampa Bay, you win that game. But if they're three and two, that ain't going to win the division either because they don't have the tiebreaker right now over Tampa Bay. You know, with with head to head divisional record, all that. They don't have the tiebreaker. So four and one is a must. Beating the Saints and Buccaneers is a must. Okay. If we put those three things on the table, yes, I think the Falcons can find a way to win the division and that means a home playoff game at some point, right? That means you get a game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And look, I'm not telling you that the Falcons are going to go far in the playoffs and all this that, and the other, blah 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 blah. I get all that. But what have we talked about consistently all year long? It is winning games. They want to win games. The front office wants to win games. They're putting out the players they think can win them the most games. They're not rolling the dice and taking a chance on a rookie quarterback as to what he can or cannot be. They're going with what they feel like is their known commodity, and they're going to keep this formula most likely until the end of the year. Because let's face it, Falcons are really not going to get knocked out of the division probably until the last week of the season. I don't think that there's much doubt that the division is going to come down to the final week. Now, maybe a week before or something like that, the Falcons stub their toe in one other place. But more than likely, this division comes down to the very end. And part of that is the, the, the schedule for the Falcons. Part of that is not trusting the Buccaneers. Again, the Buccaneers in the last handful of games, they could run it. It's still the Buccaneers. It's still Tom Brady. I don't like betting against Tom Brady but they certainly don't look like the same team. So at this point for the Falcons, it's division or bust. Make sure you take care of business against the Saints. Make sure you take care of business against the Buccaneers. Make sure you take care of your business against the conference. Make sure you take care of your business against bad football teams. And guess what? That starts on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in. Handle your business there. I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, we've talked a bunch about going to built.com. Everybody's looking for that low calorie, low sugar, high protein, low carb type snack, right? Built.com is the place to go. Look, they're always coming up with a new flavor each month. So I want you to head to built.com. Check out their wide menu of products, right? We've talked about the protein infused marshmallow pasta. You want something that's got a little different taste and texture, but still has the low sugar, low carb, low cal, high protein, mix to it try the marshmallow puffs so when you get to built.com i want you to go and check it, take a look at their menu of all their different products when you get your order put together okay i'm going to give you a deal get to checkout. put the promo code locked on 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n the number one the number five put locked on 15 into you know your uh, promo code browser and when you get that you're going to get 15 percent off your order simply by using the promo code locked on 15. So if you need low carb, low sugar, low cal, high protein snacks, and you're looking for the perfect bar with good texture, good taste, everything that goes along with it, right? Nobody wants to eat chewed up leather, right? You'd rather like cut the sole off your tennis shoe and just eat that versus eating some of these protein bars. Not the problem at Built.com. Everything is fantastic over there. I love these folks. Such great products. Check them out today and save yourself 15% by using the promo code LOCKEDON15. All right. Hawks last night. So look, third loss in a row to Philadelphia. Is it time to get concerned or whatever? Uh, Let's look at the numbers first. Let's talk about some of the numbers about where we're at. Okay, remember we talked about starting last Wednesday against the Sacramento Queens, right? You got 19 games from last Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving until the end of the calendar year. Can you go 13 and six? Because you got a lot of games against teams that are eh, like that, right? One of them is tomorrow night where you get the Orlando Magic, the Orlando Muck-It-Ups, right? So they're not a very good basketball team. So look, there are plenty of opportunities to win a bunch of games in this stretch of the schedule from, from last Wednesday until the end of the calendar year, December 30th, when they play the Lakers, okay? Well, so far in four games, the Hawks are one and three, <laughs> Um These last three games that they've lost in a row. Because remember, they beat the Sacramento Queens. I was at that game on Wednesday. Then they've lost three in a row, including the Houston Rockets, right? Including the Miami Heat, who have not been a very good team this year. And then last night to Philadelphia. The problem is this. You've blown leads of 16, 11, and 16 in those three games. The Hawks are now 27th in the NBA in fourth quarter shooting. 27th in the NBA uh, score. I'm not shooting scoring, excuse me. 27th in the league in fourth quarter scoring. You've blown three double-digit lead. You've blown a double digit lead in all three of these games out there. Am I concerned? A little bit, because you got to get things on track pretty quickly here. I mean, here's the problem. You know, yes, it's a long season. It's the NBA and things like that. But there are times and opportunities on your schedule that you have to make some hay. You know, because the season is so long, you can't look at it as an 82-game snapshot. You have to take stretches and chunks and chips and chooks and everything else and look at it from that standpoint. This is one of those stretches. Because what happens is when you get to January 1st, now you're on the West Coast, right? Now it's, again, the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, Golden State, right? It's going all the way out there and spending time out there. And look, most teams that go east to west and west east, that's not exactly what they want to do. Right? You're on the road for a while. You're not home. You're not in your bed for any length of time. You're spending a bunch of time out on the west coast. You know, look, it, it, the attrition of just going out there, a lot of teams don't fare well. Remember, the the biggest reason the Hawks got off to a 1-8 and start on the road last year is because they had to go to Phoenix, Denver, Utah. And I, I, there was another team. I remember what team it was. but You know, you got off to a rough start on on the road and that's going to happen. It's, you know, when you travel across the country, guys aren't always going to be motivated. I mean, let me assure you, talking you know, my friend, Sam Mitchell, former NBA coach of the year, guys aren't going to play hard for 82 games a year. They're not. I mean, it's just the reality of it. So when you get chunks and chinks and chunks and chips and all this kind of stuff in the schedule that says, hey, here's a chance to get healthy and make some hay, you got to do it. You got to do it. And it's a couple of things. One is, Trey looks like he's a little bit passive of late. You know, I need him to be my leader. Go out there, get it done, get your shooting down, be the leader scoring on this team. And I'm going to continue to say this, okay? And you can hate me for it. You can put the comments in. You can tell me I'm a hater, this, that, and the other. If John Collins is going to just keep hucking up threes and not making it, again, in this in this four-game stretch, okay? This four-game stretch we talked about, right? Starting last Wednesday and through last night, okay? He's two for 19 from three. Two for 19. What's more concerning is he's he's got he's nine of 14 from the free throw line, but the fact that it's only 14 free throws. If you shoot 19 three-pointers and only make two, you darn sure better, and I've Really wanted to swear right there. Darn sure better tell me you're getting the free throw line more than 14 times as my 6'10 power forward. Well, he's a stretch. Okay. I don't care about all that stuff. You're a 6'10 power forward who's two for 19 in your last four games. Hucking it up ain't the answer. When you're shooting 22% on the season, hucking it up more. Get to the basket, get to the line, shoot the mid range jumper if you feel like you have to do whatever you have to do. But two for 19 with only 14 free throw attempts. Because remember, you know, basketball 101, you get fouled on a shot, you get two free throws versus your one shot. So when you're way below the number of threes on free throw attempts, something is wrong when you're a 6'10 player, okay? Collins ain't Dirk Nowitzki, all right? He ain't that dude. He ain't good enough to stand out there and just huck it all around. He's got to find other ways to be a part of the offense. And in this... Four-game stretch, he's averaging 12.75 points. He's under 13 points a game. So I need Trey. I need John. I need these guys to step it up. We heard today Landry Field said Bogey's going to be back soon. Good, great. Okay, give me more bench scoring. But Hawks have got to get this thing figured out. Because what you don't want is the season to start going sideways. Because you're going to run out of excuse. Now all of a sudden it becomes, okay, now we're into February and we got to start winning games because we didn't – take care of our business early on and things like that. Got to shoot the basketball better. Got to get more aggressive at times on their offense. And I need my superstar and Trey Young to not be passive either. All right, we well, thank you so much for making and Hard with John Chuck your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen, the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and, of course, the take of the day. You can find them on YouTube, Odyssey, all of your favorite podcast platforms. Give us a follow. Head to youtube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search browser. Hit the subscribe button. Be a part of our ever-growing community there. Of course, we are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. Roku and Amazon Fire. Check us out there as well. And follow me at JMCH316. This has been hitting Hard with John Chuckry, Locked On Sports Atlanta.